There once lived a wealthy Jewish merchant who owned land and estates in many parts of the world. He spent his time traveling from one to another to make sure they were being properly looked after. These trips took the merchant away from his home for long periods of time, and it was not easy in those days to keep in communication with his wife and son whom he had left behind. But once, when the weeks turned into months, and the months turned into years, with no word from the merchant, it seemed obvious that some misfortune had overtaken him, Loyalinu. They finally had to assume the worst, that he would no longer be coming back, because his neshama had gone away from his goof, and they would have to wait for the time when the sun would be grown up enough to go out into the world and try to find out what had happened to his beloved father. His mother did all she could to see that her son should be brought up in a true Jewish way. She knew it would have been the wish of her husband to have him educated also in matters of business. And so the son grew up to be a fine young Jew with a good understanding also of business life. The day finally came when he was ready for the great adventure of going forth to visit the various estates and properties of his late father and more importantly to them still to see if they could find out what had happened to their beloved husband and father. Wherever the son came, he was informed that it was already some years since his father had last visited that place, but that a young man had called there and claimed that he was the rightful heir. In fact, he had produced the merchant's own signet ring to prove the truth of his claim. When the son heard that his father's signet ring was in the possession of someone else, he knew that his father must really be dead. He therefore tore Kriya on his clothes and mourned him in the traditional Jewish way. The true son continued on his way until he finally reached Bovel. He learned that his father had passed away there and that the servant with whom his father had been traveling was the only one present at his father's death and that it was he who had taken his father's signet ring and now claimed to be the heir to all that the wealthy merchant had left behind, the lands and properties that were now truly his according to the tighter laws of inheritance. He further found that the servant had already established a reputation for himself in Bovel as a fine person, public-spirited and ready to help all worthy causes. The son realized that he would have a very hard time convincing anyone that the servant was only pretending to be the true heir and that he himself was the true son and heir. The case was brought to court after court without in any way changing the situation. When it reached the highest court in the land, 
the son was desperate in his determination to prove the legality of his claim. Realizing that he had reached his last chance with the case coming up before the ruler of the land, the son searched for some way to win the case. He tried to speak with the servant, hoping that by personal appeal he could persuade the servant to give up his false claim to the title of son and heir. But when the son had sent in his name to the servant, he had been seized by two strong men and thrown out into the street. In his despair, the son visited the head of the Jewish community in Bovel, the world-famous Rabbeinu Sadyagoyen, and told his story to the Rav. The Goyen was convinced that the young man before him was the true son and heir, yet he saw the difficulty of persuading the ruler of the land, the prince, that the servant was the fraud. I cannot promise you anything definite, my young friend, said Rabbeinu Sadyagoyen to the young man, but if you could induce the prince to invite me to court, I may im yertza Hashem Yisbarech be of assistance to you. Determined to let nothing discourage him, the son hid one day behind a hedge in the road where he knew the prince was accustomed to take his daily ride. And as the prince rode by, the son jumped out in front of the prince's horse, bringing it to a stop. The prince was fortunately in a good mood, and he listened to the plea of the young man and told him he would indeed be glad to invite Rabbi Sadyagoyen to the court. The day of the famous case arrived. The palace court was crowded to capacity. All were curious to see how this Jewish rabbi would be able to prove the case of a stranger against one of the most respected merchants in the country. A hushed silence hung over the court as the servant, who was the false son, walked in full of confidence, sure of himself and his case throwing a look of contempt at Rabbi Sadyugayan, who so foolishly dared to fight him. The court listened as a quick review of the case showed that until that moment, nothing new had been brought forward that would disprove the claim of the respected merchant, who was actually the false son, to the right of inheritance as the heir of the departed merchant. After all of the judges had indicated that they were satisfied to leave it at that, the prince then called upon Rabbeinu Sadyagoyen to present his grounds for supporting his client's claim. The great sage arose and asked that his majesty the prince give orders for the grave of the wealthy merchant to be opened and just one small bone be brought immediately before the court. Rabbeinu Sadya explained that when the bone would be brought into the court, he would place it into a specially prepared solution. Then both men, the defendant, the false son, and the accuser, the true heir, would each give a sample of their blood. The crowded courtroom listened with attention as the Jewish sage continued. This will be the real test. We will pour first a few drops of blood from the accuser over the bone and then a few drops of the defendant's blood over the bone. The blood that will belong to the true son 
will be absorbed into the bone, but the blood of the false son will just roll off the bone as if it were glass. All of the assembled people gasped. When quiet was restored, the accuser, the true son, was only too ready to obey the court's order to give a sample of his blood. But the false son was filled with dismay. He grew pale and became confused. He began to raise objections to such an unheard of procedure. But finally, under the pressure of questioning, he broke down and confessed his guilt. He told how, as the master's personal servant, he was the only one present at his death. He confessed that he took his master's signet ring and then made the claim that he was the true son and heir. The son was grateful all his life to his benefactor, the wise Rabbeinu Sadyugoyen. As for the prince, he was only too ready and willing to consult this great Tamit Chacham, this Jewish sage, in all cases, especially when no one else was found able to pass proper judgment.